Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and this episode features compilations of things you thought you knew. Each segment, along with my co-host Chuck Nice, we dive into a topic that you might think you understand, but do you really? What's the difference between mass, weight, and density, for example? Well, let's find out. Chuck, good to see you again. Good to see you. What's happening? What do we got? What's going I'm, I'm on? I can't at, wait I'm, to hear. I'm still at it. You know, I I, I lose sleep at night thinking, I got to tell this to Chuck. I gotta, <laughs> just so you know, I'm thinking I don't, about you. I'm, I don't I'm believe that for you, Chuck. I don't <laughs> believe that for one second. <laughs> but I'll take it. I will take it. <laughs> I just got to straighten some things out. Okay. I think they, some people, not everybody, but some people I think have this all confused. And I want to straighten it out. All right. It's the difference between mass, weight, and density. Oh uh, well, okay. Now, for okay. without a doubt, there are, there's a lot of people that get that confused. I just want to. Okay, so generally, if you go on a diet, you want to lose weight, right? Absolutely. So what? That's not what actually what's actually happening. It is, but that's not the root of what's happening. What you're really doing is you're losing mass. Yeah. You want there to be less of you tomorrow than there is today. If only I could keep the parts that I want. <laughs> if, if, if you consume fewer calories today than you burned calories today, you will lose weight. Okay? It's that simple. Okay. And I, I, I've joked about this. A, a weight loss book written by a physicist would have one sentence. Consume calories at a slower rate than you burn them. That's there the entire... Go. That's it. But so if tomorrow you want less of you than there is today, you're losing mass. Okay. okay. The mass is the sum of all the particles that comprise Chuck. Okay. okay. That's your mass. I could take you and put you on the moon. You'll weigh less. But you still have all of your particles. Okay, then that is where I need to move. When can okay. we do this? <laughs> so if you weigh 180 pounds, I don't know how much you weigh, but let's call you 180 pounds on Earth. Okay. On the moon, you weigh one-sixth of that. Right. So if, uh, you weigh 30 pounds. Nice. So, if, Chuck, you want to lose 150 pounds? Your nutritional say, no, Chuck, you'll die. No, I'm just going to go to the moon for a day, there weigh myself, go. I'm 150 pounds. <clears throat> so your weight is not itself the measure of how much mass you have. Okay. All right. You also weigh a little less at the top of a mountain because you're farther away from the center of the earth than you do in Death Valley where you're at a low point relative to other places on earth. So if you get on a scale at the top of Everest, you're going to mm -hmm. weigh less than you yeah. would on that same scale in Death Valley. In Death Valley, correct. Well, okay. Weigh less. Okay. Right? People at the equator weigh a little less than they would if they're visiting Santa Claus. Oh, that's because there's a lot of sun down there, and they got to stay in bikini shape all year that's long. What that, that, oh, that's, that's why. Right. That's really what okay, it's about. Right. <laughs> so, so the equator is the speed at which you are moving is faster than at other latitudes. 
people mm-hmm. on the equator are moving about a thousand miles an hour. We here in New York, we're moving about 800 miles an hour. So that tr- centrifugal force makes them lighter than we are. Gotcha. So all of this is affecting your weight, but it's not affecting your mass. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want to lose weight in any zone, <laughs> then lose mass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Just to be clear about that. All okay? right. So weight so, loss programs are actually mass loss programs. Okay. And so weight then I, is is about forces. Then it's Correct. not a, it's not it's about the, it's the definition of weight. Weight is right. the force of gravity on you. Well, whose gravity are we talking about? Earth or the, or, or, or the sun or Venus or the moon? So you find out what, is, what are the conditions of that force of gravity on you in that place, not only among planets, but even different places on Earth. And then you've got your weight. And that weight is related to how many molecules of truck exist. But in the end of the day, if you want to weigh less, what you really mean is you want less mass. You want, want less, less chuck mass. tomorrow than you had today. So there just want go. to put that out there. Something okay. better. That, right. Everybody can agree on that. Less Everybody, chuck tomorrow. Less chuck tomorrow. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, uh, we didn't. T- we don't. T- we don't show you the the mails we the mail we get. Um, when will chuck disappear? <laughs> we, get, we, we withhold those from you, Chuck. Right. <clears throat> okay. So now we talk about how heavy something is. Okay. Okay. So when we think of something floating on water, generally the idea of it being heavy is not, that's not the same thought. Correct? No, No, of course. If if it's heavy, it sinks. Okay. So now let's take, let's take, uh, you know, uh, you know, let's go to, who's the guy who splits wood sections into firewood? Uh, Lumberjack. Lumberjack, Whatever that is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go take one of these. Paul Bunyan guys. Paul Bunyan cylinders of wood. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's going to be really heavy. We know this. Take it, plunk it down in a swimming pool. What happens to it? It floats. It floats. Even though it's super heavy. (laughs) Okay. It is heavy, but it floats. Right. Okay? So how do you get around that? What do we... let's, Let's give more examples of that. Okay? Um... Ivory soap. Nobody, who, what? Okay. <laughs> yes, ivory soap floats. Right. And as far as I know, it's the only soap that floats. I did an experiment when I was younger, but I haven't oh, really? checked lately, but I did test this. Yeah, ivory what? soap floats, all the other soaps sink. sink. Okay. okay. So, why that should be a selling point, I don't know. Hey. But it, in its day, it was a selling point. And then it was, it was 88 one hundredths percent pure. Right. And it was like, pure what? Right, exactly. <laughs> You know, right. I, I, I remember thinking that as a kid. But any, every so long predates me, but I remember thinking all of that. All right. So heavy cream is lighter than skim milk. Heavy cream is lighter than skim milk. And you know why? Because it floats on the skim milk. That's well, how it, you get skim milk. <laughs> there you go. The cream floats the cream to the top. Oh, rises to the top. You skim okay. it off, and you got some heavy cream. So we say it's heavier, but we don't really mean heavier. Heavier, to me, is the absolute weight. How heavy is it? Can right. I pick it up? What so we mean very, is thinner. With, with, no, it's not thinner. Well, it's, it's more, less it's not as dense. viscous. Less dense. Okay, okay. Visco- viscosity is no. I should have added that. We'll get to viscosity in a minute. Okay. He- heavy cream is less dense than water, th- okay. than, than skim milk. Right. If you are less dense than something else, you float. Period. Oh, there you go. There it is. No, nothing else nothing matters. Nothing matters. Right. Okay? You will float. So heavy cream is, we would say it's lighter than skim milk, but that's a little deceptive. If you want to be precise, you say it's less dense than skim milk. There and you therefore go. it floats. Okay. So this is the fight I was in a fight. The encounter I had in a Pasadena coffee shop when I ordered hot chocolate with whipped cream, and the hot chocolate came, and there was no whipped cream anywhere to be found. And I said, um, "Server, where is the whipped cream?" They said, "Oh, we put it on." I said, "Where is it?" Oh, it must have sunk to the bottom. At which point I said, "Either you are lying." Uh-oh. Or the laws of physics that apply to the rest of the universe do not apply in your coffee shop. And so he got all gruffy and indignant, and, and he went and, by and brought cream with him, okay, and then plunked it down, and it took one bob, and sort of, and it floated. I said, thank you for my whipped cream. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that became like a story, you know, because I'm sure waitstaff tell stories. <laughs> right. But that's what happened. So he's thinking it's heavy, it probably fell to the bottom, and would choose to lie, at rather <laughs> lie about it, thinking that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And when you took it away, you looked at him and you went, science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You just got scienced. You just got scienced. <laughs> scienced. Um, so a couple more things about weight, mass, and, and density. So um, <laughs> you realize that logs float, all right? Right. So if you're going to say, if I want it, but I don't float very well, all right? So if I want to float on the water, I'm going to use a log, so why don't I get a big log and then hollow it out? Okay. okay. These are the first canoes. Right. Okay. The canoes are made of wood. You ho- And you know the canoe's going to float. I'm going to get in it, and we're, we're good to go. Well, why don't you make a boat out of steel? Well, I can't do that because the steel will sink. That's not a boat. That's not going to work. No, let's be clever about it. Okay? By the way, if you make a boat out of steel, it's then impervious to the weapons of other boats. Oh, my gosh. What a military advance this would be. This in the 19th century, I think it was, where the first people figured out, I can make a boat out of things that are impervious to cannonballs. Right. And so, whereas I can make a boat out of wood, then it just busts through the wood. Right. So, what matters is not the density of the material. What matters is the density of everything that is sitting below water. Aha. So if I create a hull, only the outer edge of the hull is made of steel. What's everything else inside the hull made out of? Something else. <laughs> no. Uh, it, air. Air. <laughs> air. It's, a, okay. it's like a ballast. That, it's okay. You know, no, no. Ballast has its different purpose. Right. Because you want to stabilize. Stabilize. Okay. Right. So you put some other, you put some heavy things just at the very bottom of the hull. And that keeps okay. it in position. And that, keep, that, keeps the, that keeps it in position. So that'd be ballast. Okay. Uh, and a lot of the cobblestone in lower Manhattan that built the roads was ballast in ships that came from Europe. Okay. And then they offload that and built, and, built roads with it. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it. Uh, not all, and other th- things as well. But point is, you so now the, the density is, what is the total mass divided by the total volume, okay? okay? So density is grams per cubic centimeter or pounds per cubic inch. That's, that's, so those are the units of density. So let me get some units out there. So we've got the units of mass are grams and kilograms, and I'm not going to tell you the unit of mass for the English system, okay? Um, and the unit, you're supposed to say, why not? Tell me. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no. So seriously, what is what? Why wouldn't you give out the? Uh, okay, the unit of mass in the English system is, is slug. No. Yes, that's why I told you. I told you not to ask me. So, Ugh. so, so the mass, grams, kilograms, this sort of thing. Gotcha. Volume is the cubic of some of some length. So okay. cubic inch, cubic centimeter, cubic meter. Those right. are volumes. Density is the mass divided by the volume. Mass divided by volume. Gives okay, you so density. to see how that works. So if I have a certain That's amount of mass and I put it in a smaller and smaller uh-huh. volume, it becomes more and more dense. Yeah, but, yeah. So what happens that if I, if the denominator gets smaller, then the number gets bigger. It's bigger. So we get right. higher and higher density because you're right. cramming all of this into a smaller volume. Right. The volume gets bigger and bigger and bigger for the same amount of mass. Right. Then the you're density s- gets lower and lower and lower. So, you get okay, beach balls and other right, things. You're spreading okay. it out. Spreading it out. Gotcha. So what I've done with the steel is I've put air in between the two steel sides of the boat. Mm-hmm. So now the density, the effective density, is the mass of the steel plus the mass of the air divided by the volume. And when right. I do that, I get something that's less dense than water, and right. the whole thing floats. So then it, go, it will only go down a certain amount in a the water. A certain amount that's in the water. That's it. That's it, and it, but it will float. Wow. So that's how you make boats out of steel, and that's how military ships were first put together. I mean, cool. the, 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 the indestructible type, right? So then you needed a weapon that can destroy the steel, and then you have the the, the eternal contest of warring. Factions. Arms race. Arms race. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that, 
There you have it, Chuck. So, so we have mass density. So anything that floats on water is simply less dense than water. Right. It doesn't matter how much it weighs. Or what it is. It just has to be less dense than water. Does Nothing else matters. Wow, that's cool. And it could that's- weigh a zillion pounds and it'll just, it'll still float. Which is why my Uncle Edward floats. <laughs> that's a big man. That's a fat brother, I'm telling you Oh, right he's a now. big and fat, but he floats. A- well, so, so fat is less dense than, than water and bones and muscle is more dense. So if you float every time, you just have way more fat than muscle and bone. Well, there you have it. Good for you, (laughs) Uncle Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's no accident that that marine mammals have a lot of fat. Right. Okay, the blubber, like as they call it, right? So there's a lot of fat there, and that gives them buoyancy in the water. Yes. All right. Oh, by the way, what's an ice cube made out of? Water. But why do they float? Because they have air inside of them. I don't know. No. Well, sometimes uh, they do, but that's not. Oh, right. no. They expand. They expand. It's less dense than right. water. So it's less dense than water. The water it used to be now takes up more volume. More, right. So, so bigger it, volume makes it less dense. So ice floats. There you go. You know, we should do an explainer on ice expanding. We should do that. All right. All right well, do. looking forward to ice expanding then. <laughs> okay. Thanks for doing this with me, Chuck. Of course. Always a pleasure. We got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about. You guessed it. Ice expanding. Why ice floats on Star Talk. It's things you thought you knew edition. We'll see you in a moment. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm Joel Cherico, and I make pottery. You can see my pottery on my website, CosmicMugs.com. Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Chuck, we're back. Yes, we are. <laughs> and this was interesting. There are certain things that we just experience in our lives and never even think to question it. 
True. Because it's in our yes. everyday life. And 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 some things you don't want to know the answer. You don't want to know the answer different. Some things it's just best like, left unexplained, unknown. You know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna mess with. I'm not this. gonna go there. No, no. Right. This one, you ask a simple question: Why does ice float? Right. Have you ever asked that? I have. You have. Um, okay. I have. Yeah. I mean, because when you think about it, it's water, but you're putting it in water. Yeah, it's liquid. It's, it's water it's liquid. and water. Right. It's water and water. So, and usually when you cool something down, it shrinks. Okay, it becomes more dense. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) So it becomes more dense. And so you would think that a cooler version of some liquid would be, you know, if you shrink the same mass down to a smaller volume, it's more dense, that all ice cubes would sink to the bottom of your glass. As a matter of fact, in certain parts of the oceans, I'm going to... Where you have what they call, um, oh God, now I forget the name of it. It just, it was just on the tip of my tongue. But the coldest water stays at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, we're not there yet. Oh, we're actually going to talk about that? <laughs> yes. Oh, we are? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. Oh, my gosh. We're totally right, going there. For, okay. Forget about that. Okay. All right. All right. So, so a peculiar thing happens to water when it changes state. Okay, a change of state means you go from liquid to solid, solid to gas, gas. So we have water, and there it is. When it freezes, the water molecule, in order to freeze, takes up more volume than does the water molecule in a liquid state. So the water expands by about 10%. Nice. Okay? And roughly, you can think about that as if you are... If you expand 10% and you go back into your liquid, you will bob with about 10% of your volume above the water. Okay. And 90% below. So just put put an ice cube in your glass. It's easier to see this if it's in a cube shape rather than in those crescent shapes or other things. But if you take a cube and put it in there, 10% will be above the water and 90% will be below. All right, hold on. I just happen to have a glass of water here. Oh, you so. do? And are your, is your ice in it, are they cubes? Oh my goodness, look at that. That's awesome. Yes, this is a cube. Okay. Okay. And you and you just see it's got like a little surface. You can't see it, but it's got a little surface because the top part is clear. I don't know why. But it's just like you said, it's, it's bo- like it's bobbing up. Yeah, it's, it's bobbing, it, it, but most of it is below. Yeah, so, so Chuck a little bit above. It's not happening because I said so. It's happening because this is how the universe works. No, <laughs> okay. it's no, you're a wizard. <laughs> Stop lying. You. <laughs> now, here's an interesting fact. If you take that same glass of water with that one ice cube in it and fill it as much as you possibly can so that not another drop can go in it without spilling over the edge. Right. If you do that, okay, the ice will be sitting above that level above the lip of the glass. Right. And you might be worried, oh my gosh, I better get a coaster because when this melts, it's going to overflow. But no, when it melts, it's going to take up the volume that it's already displacing in the water itself and it's not going to get any higher than it currently is. Right. This is why the Arctic ice sheets in the Arctic, so where Santa Claus is, Right. It is ice that is floating on the water. In the future, where global warming melts the entire northern cap, when that happens, it will not, that alone will not increase the sea levels of the world. Because the ice is already floating in the bathtub of that water. That's correct. So the ice you need to worry about is the ice that's on land. Oh, that runoff. The runoff, okay? That ice, you melt That's that, you're directly adding water. Con- That's on Greenland and in primarily Greenland and Antarctica. So that yeah. then starts flooding the oceans and raising raising the sea levels. Okay, so now. By, by the way, uh, 232 feet if that were to happen. Oh, thank you for that number. Yeah, I think I, I tweeted once that if you, if you do that, then the water level will go up to the left elbow of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Uh, the one that's holding... Uh, I think it's the Declaration of Independence, uh, just in her arm. And yeah, and that basically you lose Manhattan and basically every other coastal city of which 
where, where you find most of the great cities of the world are on the water's edge. So anyhow, so, so, so that's why ice floats. But there's more going on here. You could delay the freezing of the ice. It freezes at 32 degrees or zero degrees Celsius. You can make it freeze at like one degree below zero if you put it under pressure. Okay. okay, yeah. So it gets colder and it says, I want to freeze. I have to get bigger. I have to get bigger. I'm not letting you. So then it doesn't, it doesn't change the state. Okay. But if you keep taking the temperature lower and lower, under pressure, the ice says, the ice says, okay. And I will expand no matter what you're doing. And boom, pipes break. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know why I'm ha I don't know why I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I'm a homeowner. No. What am I talking about? <laughs> no. That's disastrous. You're happy that you you now understand the full dynamics of that. So it would be very hard for ice at 32 degrees to break a pipe because the pipes are made of typically they're made of copper or some strong metal. And so it'll keep it squeezed down. And it say, no, you're not freezing at 30. No, I'm not gonna let you freeze at 30 degrees. No, not at 29. Oh, 25 degrees, pow. pow. And, it, and, it, and it is stronger than the pipes. And you just yeah. break the pipes. And by the way, at that moment, all the pipes are frozen. There's no leakage. When do you have leakage? When the temperature when goes up awesome. again, and then the ice melts out of the path, and then the water flies. Ugh. So the, 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 the act of broken pipes, in most cases, is not the moment where you get the leak. Because the ice is there. The ice is there plugging right. the pipes. It's later on when the ice moves out of the way. So, right. so th this is the power of freezing ice. Now, last point I want to make is, well, how about the density of water just as water? Does it change density? Yes, it does. Okay? As you cool water, it takes up slightly less and less volume. Hardly noticeable if you're just swimming in it or you're just looking. And by the, if you heat water, it takes up slightly more volume. And a lot of the increased sea level rise in the future of global warming is simply because the oceans are warmer. And they're warmer, they, they take up, uh, you know, let's say it's 1% more depth. Right. But you come, but what is 1% more depth in the middle of the ocean where it's three miles deep? Okay. If it's 1% more depth, by the time you get to the shoreline, you have flooding. Right. Okay. So let's cool the water. It gets colder and colder and colder. It, it begins to shrink. Well, at some point that has to turn around because eventually it's going to become ice where it's bigger. There is a point where ice is at its densest and it's three degrees Celsius. Really? Okay. So you, so you cool water at the surface. It's denser than the water below it. And so that cool water drops and it goes to the bottom. Okay. And it stays there. You keep trying to cool water at the top, and it goes down to the bottom. But what happens now? You're cooling water. Now the water is 2 degrees Celsius or 1 degree Celsius. It begins to stay on top. Then it hits 0 degrees Celsius. It freezes on top. On top. Keeping the 3 degree water at the bottom. Right. Preserving all aquatic life over the wintertime. That's why you don't have bird's eye frozen fish once the, uh, <laughs> once the lake freezes. Just when think the about lake it. If ice sank, oh my gosh, you would freeze lakes from the bottom up. You'd freeze oh, the top layer, it would go to the bottom, and slowly but surely, all the fish would be swimming in an ever thinner layer of water until you just go in and scoop them all up, and that's the last fish that would ever exist in that lake. Mm. Oh, what a, what a bear's dream. So, <laughs> no, they're hibernating. They're missing this. <laughs> That's so, true, yeah. So, so this feature of water protects life over the winter, aquatic life over the winter. Wow. And once you form the ice layer on the top, it actually insulates the bottom. You get really cold on top, but that does that, how long will that take to transmit through a thick layer of ice? It takes a long time. By then, it's daytime compared to night, or spring has come. And so you rarely, if ever, do you end up freezing an entire lake. And it's because yeah. of this property of water that ice floats. That ice is less dense than water. That is amazing. And it's, it's pretty cool that this... This becomes like its own little closed ecosystem where the ice freezes on top, insulates the water beneath it so that all the life is protected. It's protected. That's, 
That's it, amazing. It's, it's basically, it, so this is a feature of this fact about water, the water molecule. One other thing, it's what enables you to ice skate, okay? Because the reverse is true. So I, if I have an ice cube and it's sitting at, let's say, 30 degrees, okay? Right. And it's frozen, so minus one, let's say, Celsius. If I squeeze it, if I squeeze it under pressure, I'm trying to put it into a smaller volume. Mm -hmm. Ice won't let you do that. Right. But if I press it really hard, what's the only way the ice can respond to you to go into a smaller volume? It's got to become water. It's got to become water. So you can squeeze melt something even at sub-freezing. Oh, my God! That's, that's how you get the great ice cube. No, ice spheres for drinking scotch. What you just said, they take a copper press. And I'm too excited about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, is this bar information that you're sharing? With I know. Us? I know. Now we're, now we're talking about scotch and drinking. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and you yeah. don't even have your scotch voice today. Right? I know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want another scotch? Definitely need a little scotch, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, so. Wait, wait. Let me yeah. so, just finish this point. So, um, when you're skating on ice, okay, the blade... Is the way it's it's sharpened is it has a very sharp edge on one side and on the other, on right. the left and on the right hand side. So you go on an edge, and you, skaters know about this. Or on the inside edge, or on the outside edge, that is is a lot of pressure. That pressure is so high that it actually melts the ice in place, and the skate glides on a bead of water. Wow, that's great. That's that's, that's why that's why ice is slippery on ice skates. Um, yeah. So so yeah. I mean that same premise you just demonstrated. When you get a, they make spheres of ice for drinking I scotch. I love spe ice spheres, yeah. Ice spheres. And they use, for some reason, copper. I don't know why, but they use the copper or brass, one or the other. And they just put the ice in the sphere and they let the brass, it's a big weight. It's a brass weight or a copper weight. And it just presses down on the ice and then the ice melts into a ball. That is so cool. Oh, okay. Oh, so they take, they, okay, so, so shaping the sphere from the pressure on a shape that's not a sphere. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so under pressure, yes, it'll melt. Under pressure. It melts. Yet, yet, yet when you leave the pressure, it freezes instantly. It freezes right because back. It's, and it, you, because it's the, it's the below freezing temperature that you started with. Exactly. And then you just have a big, a literal ball of ice. Okay, Chuck, I don't, don't go to many bars. I've never seen this. I, I trust that in your bar hopping, this is something that... <laughs> Feature. Okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get you out, man. <laughs> I gotta get out more often. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you out of the house. <laughs> All right. So that's that's it, Chuck. That's uh, ice is less dense than water. Nice. I'm always fascinated how we end up in these great places from something so seemingly um, mundane as a cube of ice or ice melting. The next Super time we do cool. this, we got to do this with one of your spheres of ice. And I want to do a whole video with you and your scotch voice. Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a, I'll start on it right now. Right now. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We got this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Next on Star Talks Things You Thought You Knew Edition, we're going to talk about the concept of weight in space. We'll see you in a bit. It's time to give a Patreon shout-out to the following Patreon patrons. Christopher Sukanenya, Dmitry Pugachevich, and Ingenio Barrera. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Without you, you know we couldn't do this show. And for those of you listening who would like your very own Patreon shout out, please go to patreon.com slash startalkradio and support us. Okay, Neil, here's one for you. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, all right. In space, how much does an astronaut weigh? You see, weight is a is a, is it's not what you think it is. You remember when we talked about mass versus weight? Do you remember that? Right. We talked about that, and I said, "You want to weigh less? Go to the top of a mountain." 
Okay, right. not, you'll burn calories getting up there, so you'll get, you'll get you lose a little bit of weight for that. But at the top of a mountain, you're farther away from Earth's center, and you run the math, you weigh a little bit less. It ounce, nothing significant, not, nothing large, but a measurable amount. Okay. Right. It's not going to replace. It's not going to replace your P ninety X workout. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Right. <laughs> not only that, you you don't weigh as much in air as you would in a vacuum. Okay, because air has a buoyant force that makes you weigh a little less than you would if there was no air around you. We don't even think about that. That doesn't even, but but a a helium balloon knows everything about that. (laughs) Right, that's so funny. You remember that, right? Helium balloon cares what the buoyant force of the air is on it because it wants to float at the top of the air. Okay, so I ask you, you know, what, what do you weigh when you're in the water? If I say, Chuck, what do you weigh? And you'll probably give me your weight on dry land. Right. But your weight in the water, since you're about the density of water, your weight is basically zero. Really? Some people float, some people sink, and on average, people just sort of bob there. Right. That means you weigh nothing. That's You're weightless in the water. In fact, NASA trains astronauts in a huge swimming pool to simulate what it'd be like to be weightless in space. Do you realize there's a swimming pool big enough to submerge an entire mock-up of the Hubble Space Telescope? And to put in astronauts in there with tools to work on it? Okay, okay that's the pool I want I want to swim in. That's a badass pool, right? I, I think it's the biggest swimming pool in the world, actually. Yeah, that 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 pool is dope, okay? Yeah. Uh, and it's and I'm sure it's more than three feet because <laughs> but there's no diving board. I right. Yeah. If only there was a diving board. <laughs> That pool would be amazing. <laughs> Let me dive down the tube of the Hubble telescope. That would be. That and would if be they fun. had a water slide too, oh my god! <laughs> so here's the thing: when we think of the blue whale, for example, the largest animal there ever was. By the way, point of pride: blue whale is a mammal. Okay, yes. so mammals have the record; they're bigger right. than dinosaurs ever were. We can say, well, how much does it weigh? And you look it up, and you Google it; and it'll give you a weight. For the for that whale, a full grown whale, but no, excuse me, that's if you took it out of the water, put it on land, and put it on a scale, right? But that's not where it lives. That's not its environment. No, By the way, I, I'd you, like you to, to see that scale. You'd have to. <laughs> you have to weigh it in the water, and when you do that, it weighs zero. That's why whales can just hang there. Yeah, it's, looked, it's such a beautiful thing to see. Okay, too. if they had weight in the water, they would sink. Right. So they're just there. They're very close to zero. So they still have all the mass. So I'm saying we, we don't really think of the word weight the way we ought to in a, in a sort of physically significant way. That, that's, I just want to put that out there. Okay. okay. Whales weigh nothing in the water. And they don't hang out on land, so the weight on land is kind of irrelevant to us and to them. Okay? So really, we should find a way to think about how much mass they contain rather than simply how much they weigh. And usually that's what people mean when they say that. Right. But I just want to try to be clear about that, physically clear about that. And whales are a lot of blubber, so, you know, muscle weighs more than fat, so probably not a lot of mass there. (laughs) No, no, it's a lot. No, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, there's still a lot of mass. There's still a lot of mass. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to not body shame the whale. That's not body shame. I, I don't want to body shame the whale. That's you don't want to say they got blubber. You started it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, uh, astronauts in orbit weigh precisely zero. Precisely zero. Okay. And it's not because they're far away from Earth. As I've said in other, others of these, how far away is the astronaut from Earth? In, 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 they visit the space station? Three-eighths of an inch above the, a schoolroom globe, if you shrunk it all down to that. It'd be three-eighths of an inch away. Right. That's close. It's a fingernail. Right. So a finger, yeah, the width of your finger. Uh, less, even. Yes, yeah, yeah, less than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the distance. Right. So you can't tell me, oh, they're in space, they've left gravity. No, no. If you've left gravity by being in orbit, then what the hell's holding the moon in orbit? Okay? Right. What do you think the moon is orbiting? Of course well, the moon feels Earth's gravity. And, and it could also be, you know, the moon is kind of sweet on the Earth. But so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and there was a, 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 a well-known uh, 
a news announcer back in the 1960s who, when the Apollo astronauts were headed to the moon for the first time, they said the Apollo astronauts, as of 8.30 this morning, whatever time it was, have officially left the gravitational pull of the Earth. It's wow. like, no. They actually you, said that on, on the— Yes, wow. yes, yes, yes. You can't leave the gravitational pull of the Earth en route to the moon if the moon is orbiting Earth. Right. Okay, so I don't think they thought that through. And in fact, in the equations, Earth's gravitational field uh, gets less and less and less as you go out in space, but it never actually hits zero until you get to infinity. Okay? So, you tell me when you get to infinity, call me and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the reason why they're weightless has nothing to do with their distance from Earth. Uh, it has to do with the fact that they are falling towards Earth. Wow. Free fall. So I put you in an elevator shaft in a tall building and I cut cut the cable. Right. Okay. No, I put you in the elevator and you're just standing there, right? So here right. we go. And you're standing on a scale that has a spring. So you're squeezing the spring and it shows your weight. But let's just be, use round numbers to say you're 200 pounds, okay? So there you are and the scale registers 200 pounds because you're squeezing the scale. Okay. Right. Gravity is pulling on you to squeeze the spring to indicate the, the measurement. Okay. Now, now, I, now I cut the elevator cable. Okay. So what now happens? The elevator drops. Right. The scale drops. Right. You drop. Right. All three of you are now falling at exactly the same rate. Right. So there is no net force of you on the spring. Right. There's, right. So while you are falling, you weigh zero. And the, the scale will say zero because the it will not will say zero. Because there will be no compression to measure. Co correct. And here's another measure of that. You ready? Go Let's ahead. say you're in an elevator and it's just standing there and you're holding, a, a, you know, from my professor angle, I say you're holding a piece of chalk, but no one holds chalk. So right. what are you holding? Find a, a, Where, holding a, a ball, okay? Okay. There you go. If you let go of the ball, it drops to the ground, right? Okay? Right. In fact, in fact drop it is synonymous with let go. Because gravity does that work, right? right? The phrase, drop it, you just let go. Right. You could just say, let go, and it means drop it, all right? Because we live in a gravitational field, that... That doesn't work in a cop movie, though. It just sounds off. Sorry. Let go of the gun! <laughs> let, let go of the gun! <laughs> they do say drop the gun. They do say right? yeah. yeah. All right. And unless you're black, in which case they just... That's a whole you. other thing. All right, okay, so... let's go. So... So now what happened? Now I cut the elevator cable. Now you begin to fall. Now you're standing right. there holding the ball. Now let go of the ball. Right. Well, you're falling. The ball is falling at exactly the same rate you are. So it'll appear to float in front of your face. Right. But really, but you're not both floating. You're everybody's, both just falling. Everybody's falling. But from right. your point of view, you're saying to yourself, wow, it's floating. Right. I'm floating. I, you do this until you die when the elevator hits the bottom. <laughs> right, exactly. It's a beautiful experiment until you're a pile of goo when the elevator hits the bottom. Yeah, and the ball survives, of course. The ball bounces, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> All right, so, so here's the deal, okay? I'm set telling you the astronauts in orbit around the Earth are falling towards Earth. Right. In free fall, just like you in the elevator cable that I just cut. Right. All right? Now, the, now, the reason why they don't hit Earth because they have really fast sideways motion. So watch what happens, okay? Watch what happens. Here you are in an elevator, and you know you're going to hit the ground and you're going to die, okay? Well, I'm going to say, all right, let's take this elevator and move it sideways really fast, right. okay? Well, how fast should it go? Let's move it sideways so fast, so by the time it drops a foot, let's say, Earth has curved a foot away from it. You drop five feet. Earth has curved five feet away from it. So whatever distance you have fallen, the curvature of Earth, because you're traveling so fast downrange, the curvature of the Earth... Cancels it out. At, it cancels it out. Wow. Precisely. That's perfect. And there's one speed for which that is true. And that is if you go sideways five miles per second. Wow. On Earth. So you go sideways five miles per second. At that speed, you will free fall to Earth at exactly the same rate Earth curves away from you. You will never hit Earth. 
And we have another word for this, because by the, if you never hit Earth, this will just keep going. Right, you, you just you, go, right. You come back where you started and you keep going. We have a word for that. It's called orbit. Mm. So orbit is free fall with high sideways velocity around the Earth. And that's why people say, oh, we launched the rocket into space today. What you really did was, have you ever watched a rocket more than just a couple of minutes after the launch pad? Yeah. Okay. okay, what does it do? It's downrange. It starts to careen off. Like right. Most of the energy that's launching that rocket is not to get it into space. No, it's to give it that sideways motion at five miles per second so that it can sustain an orbit around the Earth. That's pretty dope. It's totally dope. And you know who first figured this out? My man. No, don't even say it. I Isaac Newton. I my, my man, Isaac Newton. Okay, he drew a picture. He had Earth, okay, and he drew a little mountain, and he had a little, was it a cannon or something at the top of the mountain? He said, what happens if you shoot the cannon out sideways, okay, and it just hits the ground? Suppose you give it more speed. It'll go farther before it hits the ground. Let's giving it more and more speed. And as you follow this diagram, the cannonball continues around the Earth, but still hits Earth. Is there a speed where it goes all the way around the Earth, does not hit Earth, and it hits you in the back of the head? But you duck and the cannonball continues. Is there a speed for that? Yes, and he figured out what that speed is, and that's the speed of orbit around the Earth, and like I said, that's five miles per second. Wow. Isaac Newton invented orbits with that simple diagram. That's and cool. in so doing, he, he merged our understanding of falling objects with the orbit of the moon around the Earth. This was his revelation when he watched the apple fall he didn't hit him on the head, by the way. That's the, right. He watched the apple fall straight down, and he sees the moon in orbit around the Earth. And he said, this is exactly the same phenomenon. Wow. Except the moon is going sideways so that it doesn't hit the Earth. So the moon in Earth's gravity is weightless because it's in free fall around the Earth. There you go. Okay. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Okay, so now I just got to put this out there. The movie okay. Ad Astra, okay? Yes, with uh, Matt Damon. No, not Matt. I'm sorry, sorry. Other, Wait, don't tell me, don't one. tell me. Because uh, that's the Martian. The um, Martian. Get, uh, the get your leading men straight. Yeah, um, that's Brad Pitt. Going, Brad Pitt. Look, Brad looking Pitt. for his dad, who is okay. Tommy Lee Jones. Correct, correct. Okay, so in that movie, um, they knew correctly that you don't have to wait three days to get to the moon. That's, that's like a sort of a, a minimum energy transfer to the moon where you fire your rockets until you have enough to sort of get into the moon's pull, and then the moon pulls you down, so you use minimal fuel. But if you want right. to get there, you can get there in a few hours, you just use a lot of well, rocket fuel, okay? Yeah, exactly. If your rockets are burning on your ship, you have weight on that ship. Because it's accelerating towards you. Right. Okay? That is no different from you having weight standing here on Earth. Because Earth, the force of gravity is that same phenomenon. Right. Okay? So, so if I go on a ship, and I, I don't care where I am in the universe, if I'm accelerating the ship at 9.8 meters per second per second, that's the acceleration of gravity on Earth, if I accelerate the ship at that speed in any direction, I can stand up at the bottom of the ship, and it is though I'm standing on Earth. And what I'm telling you is that in that movie, they show people jetting around the solar system because it's the future, and the, sh the rockets are always um, ignited, and everyone is floating in the ship. No. Uh, no. No. Didn't, it wouldn't have they worked got like that. that. totally wrong. Okay? So what would have happened is they would have been pinned up against... Pinned up against the thing, if, if it's strong acceleration. That's right. right. Be because what's happening is at any given moment... The whole system is going at a certain speed, okay? But if it's accelerating, then the ship is accelerating towards you. Right. And so it's going to come up against you and put a scale between there. You're going to have an equivalent weight on that ship. Wow. So space is not inherently a weightless place unless you are free-falling towards one place or another. And to make that happen, you can't have rockets firing. Just got to have the sideways motion going on. Around the Earth. Around or, the Earth. Or you launch from, from the Earth, and you reach up, and you turn off your rockets, and right. then you then, free fall towards the moon. Right. Then you're weightless that whole way. But the moment you turn on the rockets, you, you're going to pin to the side, the back, the front. And so, in fact, their long-term plans to go to Mars 
if you don't want to lose bone mass and all this, and you don't want to rotate the ship, you accelerate halfway there, okay? Right. And then you have to decelerate, otherwise you'll miss more. So what they do is, then they turn the rocket around, right? okay? Then you decelerate, but in either case, you can have equivalent of 1G. 1G. You can have Earth gravity the whole way. Wow, look at that. And you'll get there like in weeks, a couple of weeks. That's you cool. In, I think maybe even faster, rather than the nine, 10 months that it normally takes. Yeah, that's, that's the premise behind The Expanse, the movie The Expanse. Okay, no. I I'm, mean, I, not I'm, the movie, the, the, the series. The series, that's next yeah. on, my, on, my, on my binge list. Yeah, binge definitely. List. Watch One it. very last thing, because we're out of time. Okay. Uh, so just to be clear, there are three ways to, to simulate gravity. One of them is just be on Earth, and let's call that real gravity. Okay. And another way is to accelerate something at the acceleration of gravity. Right. And a third way is you can rotate something and then the centrifugal force that wants to fling you outwards that you'll read that as a gravitational force. And so that's why you'd have a ring. So if you did rotate a ring, you'd, you'd walk around on the outer rim as they shown famously in the movie 2001. Right. Um, a space odyssey. So, so there you have it. Going into space does not automatically make you weightless. Only yeah. a free fall towards an object will. Very cool. And the thing that I took away from this talk most is if you shoot a cannon off a side of a mountain at uh, five miles per second, you should duck. <laughs> duck? No, duck 88 minutes later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long it'll take. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> oh, by the way, that calculation, uh, we're not going to get into it here, but I'll just tell you. If you dig a hole through the earth, going through the center and coming out the other side, right. um, and then you drop something through, it'll fall towards the center, overshoot the center, come out the other side, and if nobody grabs it, it'll then bob back down and come back into your hand. That round trip also takes 88 minutes. Nice. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Well, yes. I'm going to start, start digging now. because well, I, I, wanna... well, I got one more. One more. You ready? <laughs> Just while we're on the subject. Uh, Earth's equator feels a little bit of centrifugal force. So you weigh a little bit less on the equator than you do at other latitudes. So if I speed up Earth, you'll weigh less and less and less and less. Sweet. There's a speed with which I can spin Earth where you weigh so much less that you weigh zero. Okay. I'm all about You know about what speed it. that is? Um, At the equator? You know what speed that is? 78 RPM? <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, how old are you? No. So that speed, so if you, if, so if the equator makes one full spin in 88 minutes, Right, you're weightless. There you go. You'll just hover over the ground. And so basically, at that point, you're in orbit around the Earth. It's all the same right. number. Right. That's what's cool about it. That is cool. The Man, Earth I rotates once every 88 minutes. Everyone on the equator is weightless. Sweet. Got to end it there, Chuck. All right. That was cool. I'm going to Ecuador. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> the name Ecuador and they're on the equator. Who would have thought? <laughs> All right, Chuck, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. 